0: Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.
1: Hey, guys, it's Jillian. What's up? It's Kurt. What's going on, everybody? It's Jermaine, and we are your in-arena hosts for the Indiana Pacers. And this is the Believe in Pacers podcast.
0: Brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network.
1: Welcome back to the Believe in Pacers podcast. Okay, tonight Kurt and I are coming to you guys from the back room after a Pacers win. Woo! Yes! Finally! Finally, we are definitely in a good mood. So good to see that tonight.
0: It really is. I know uh, we beat the Atlanta Hawks 133 to 126, a huge win because they are in the Eastern Conference with us. They are actually in fifth place right now. We are in ninth place, so we needed to get this win, especially since we lost. The last four out of five games coming into this game tonight
1: it's been hard to see all those games where we were just falling short we did get that win on Saturday but I know the fans have really been feeling it really getting discouraged and hey we understand and unfortunately just adding to the negativity we can't go on without addressing what happened with Pacers suspending assistant coach Greg Foster and Finding Gogo Batase after the encore exchange they had as well. During that game on Wednesday, so tough to see some of the drama that's been going on. Yes,
0: there has been a lot of drama, especially on social media. I know a lot of people have been calling out Coach Nate, the head coach of the Indiana Pacers. And I know he was, uh, you know, did a class act. He kind of took full responsibility for that and said, you know, he's a young coach, uh, first year at the Indiana Pacers, and just you know, he he took full responsibility for it. Should be doing better. He said he's learning, and you know, he's going to continue to keep learning. And I don't know. There's so many rumors that are out there about TJ. Warren saying that he didn't want to play for coach Nate this year and everything is coming out now so it's like is it real is it fake what's going on but tonight I mean you could feel the morale is a little bit better as we were leaving you know the main bowl area in the arena after we got the win so hopefully you know moving forward things get a little bit better
1: oh yeah one of the terms that i feel like we always say is the energy in the building we too, and tonight but yes. it felt so good to actually have people in good spirits right. and
0: like <laughs> hear the all i do is win song <laughs> swear, as we're walking out we walk and to celebrate out, yeah
1: it's just a whole different feeling but yeah really great night
0: mm-hmm. all right so again speaking of social media and all the drama that's been around the indiana pacers lately we have a special guest on tonight's show somebody that's keeping us up to today doing a play-by-play. Usually on Twitter, we have Pat Boylan on our show. So he is an Indiana Pacers radio host, sideline reporter. We kind of go behind the scenes with him. He talks about some of the people that have influenced him here within the organization. He also talks about the passing of Bobby Slick Leonard. So let's see what Pat has to say.
1: Today's episode, we are thrilled to have Indiana Pacers radio host and sideline reporter, Pat Boylan on with us. He is in his seventh season now as the host and sideline reporter for the Pacers Radio Network and TV locker room reporter now for Bally Sports. He's the play-by-play voice of WNBA's Indiana Fever. Also, you may know him as a TV and radio broadcaster for IHSAA State Finals broadcasts. He hosts Pacers Weekly on 1070 The Fan and Blue and Gold Breakdown on Pacers.com. He was actually named by the Sports Talent Agency of America's top 30. 30 sports broadcasters under 30. And I can certainly see why as I'm reading off all these accolades here. And he's got a podcast of his own, the Sideline Guys podcast on Pacers Sound, which we love listening to. And I know I'm sure a lot of people listening here love listening to it too. So, Pat, you're a busy guy. Thanks for making time for us. We really appreciate it.
2: Of course. It's good to chat with both of you. Sorry to make you run through that uh, whole entire list. I guess I should have just told you. A uh, Pacers broadcaster and Fever broadcaster—that might have been a, a little bit easier—and also a, uh, a stark reminder that I'm no longer under 30 as well. But it's it's good to uh, <laughs> it's good to chat with both of you because you both do terrific work, and uh, especially in this pandemic season. Uh, we see you over there, but like we're in different zones. So I don't think we can ever uh, actually interact. So this is, I think, as close as we'll get, but it's great to chat with both of you as well. Absolutely.
0: Same to you. So again, thank you for joining us. I know you've got a limited amount of time. So again, thanks for jumping on here. And, you know, like Jillian said, you've been with the team now seven seasons. Um, I think I've been there about the same amount of time. So we necessarily haven't worked alongside of each other, but we do see each other from time to time. And I know you've been an inspiration to me as well. I've reached out to you for advice for, you know, numerous things about, you know, just essentially your journey to get to where you're at today. Um, maybe if you can just explain to the listeners what it's taken to get into the role that you are in with Pacer Sports and Entertainment.
2: Sure. Well, I'm a, I'm a Hoosier. I'm a local guy. Um, I went to Carmel High School and Ball State University and I always knew I wanted to get into Sports broadcasting and specifically play by play. I fell in love. There's a lot of areas of, of broadcasting that I like, but I really fell in love with uh, calling the actual action as a game goes by. And I actually fell in love first with the radio broadcast of that. I would, as a kid, listen late at night to Mark Boyle, of course, doing Pacers, of which he still does. Kristen uh, Airy at the time, he was Butler Basketball Radio. Now he's yeah. Pacers TV. Um, And then Bob Laney, who was the longtime voice of the Colts. And we've just been so fortunate to have many great radio play-by-play announcers in this city. And I got to grow up listening to some of the best. And I just really became infatuated with the art, if you will. So I went to school for it and was... Uh, graduating took a job in bismarck north dakota which is as cold as it sounds i was there for a year but it was uh, it was a terrific opportunity because it was doing television play-by-play about 70 games a year which is as you guys know it's that's about the cadence of an nba season which i ultimately wanted to get to and then i caught a lot of good luck along the way so there's a guy that i think a lot of the listeners here will know named kevin lee he's an indianapolis broadcaster uh, does car was cold sidelined for quite some time, and he got uh, a series of promotions that kept him unable to do the Pacers. So I fortunately, um, you know, was able to apply and, and get accepted, and I moved in there uh, going into the 2014-2015 season. So Pacers fans, unfortunately, will know that year. I signed on about a month after Paul George broke his leg. So everything for uh, that in that first year was pretty tough because it was that first year without Paul. Um, but, you know, it's, it's been a great seven years so far, both with the Pacers. This will be my seventh year with the fever coming up. And I think one thing that a lot of people don't realize is this is just such a great organization beyond the team that hits the floor. It's extremely well run. It starts from the sign-ins down to Rick Fusen. My boss is Jamie Burns. Um, that's something you don't really know when you join a company. Like, you have no idea what the management's like. You have no idea what it's like to work there. And I feel as fortunate for that um, really as just about as fortunate as I feel for any of the opportunities that I've been able to have so far.
0: I know you mentioned, you know, Chris um, D'Neary, Mark Boyle, Jeremiah Johnson. I guess really, like, how is it working alongside of them? What kind of impact have they had on your career?
2: Yeah, well, first of all, it's a dream come true to work. Um, and, I, and I love JJ. JJ and I are close friends. So please do not uh, take my exclusion here of JJ to, to not mean uh, something positive. But I, look, I grew up listening to Chris. Chris um, is has been my mentor since I've been... 10, 11, 12 years old. I've been following him around like a dog on a leash. And and Mark, when I was actually like in kindergarten, I would make my dad play this cassette tape every single day on the way to kindergarten titled uh, Boom Baby. It was a cassette tape that had the highlights of the 1990s for 95 Pacers season on radio and so I mean this goes back to before I even knew who Mark was I was listening to him and so those two have been so impactful impactful and influential in my life Chris uh, from a very hands-on perspective and Mark as somebody that I looked up to for a very long time and now that I get to be there you know JJ in a lot of ways feels like a brother to me Chris kind of feels like a second dad to me and I always say that Mark's kind of like that crazy uncle. So it's a uh, it's a great kind of family <laughs> relationship. And um, you know, I've, oh, got family, a
1: very, yeah.
2: <laughs> I've got a very different relationship with all of those guys, but they're all ones that I'm very thankful for.
0: Well, and not only do you bond during the games because you work alongside them, but I also see on your you know, your social media, your digital, that you guys are always hanging out. And I know Mark, he seems to be like he's into cigars and doing things like that. So you guys go out to these cigar bars. And so that's gotta be helpful, right?
2: Absolutely. I, look, I've been fortunate that, that Mark, I don't really know why uh, Mark you know, kind of brought me into his circle in the way that he did, because Mark is a very um, genuine and unique person. He's remarkably kind. He's as helpful as anybody I've ever met to the younger broadcasters that come up and, and want his help. But Mark's a pretty unique guy, too. And so I was, to be honest, a little intimidated going in to work with Mark I didn't know exactly I mean the guy can be blunt like Chris is the nicest guy on planet earth <laughs> and down I always say like the two nicest people in our organization are Chris Tenere and Tamika Catchings um yeah. Mark it's, it's not to suggest Mark isn't nice he just he has a very different personality and it really takes getting to know him and and luckily uh, you know Mark um allowed me to uh go in, be inside his circle really from day one and he and I have gotten pretty close which those that know Mark might not think that uh, many, if any, people get close with him, but uh, Mark's, Mark's a terrific guy. And yeah, we, um, we go out, he loves his cigars and he loves his bourbon. So we have our cigar and, and bourbon night, although I'm not a cigar guy myself. He'll, he'll smoke the cigars, we'll drink the bourbon. Uh, it's a little harder to do this year in the condensed season, as you two know very well, but um, we try to make that happen at least once a month. And in the off season, it's probably more like twice a month.
0: It's funny that you mentioned that you're intimidated by him because we used to be in the South Tunnel sitting and just kind of, you know, watching people pass as they're getting ready for games and all that. He would walk by. I've yet to, like, I've done Pacers reading, you know, timeouts and things with him. Never really spoke to him, but, you know, like when he's walking past, I'm like, man, I need to say hi to this guy, but it's like, I don't know. Like, I should I say I or should I not? So, like, I can kind of relate to that. Yeah.
2: I promise you, he is—he's a terrific person and he's incredibly nice. And if if you come up to him for the first time and he doesn't necessarily know you, um, it, it takes a while to crack that shell, if you will. So you might say, "Hey, hey, Mark, I'm Kurt. I do the MCs and he, MCing," and he might go, "Oh, hey, nice to meet you," and then keep walking. And then just keep and, and other people might take that as well. That was uh, you know a little bit. Uh, flip and, and not really that nice but it's just Mark operates in a very um, in a very unique way um, but once you get to know him like I feel like I'm in a lot of ways the Mark Boyle translator to other people but um, <laughs> I, I promise you there are there are few better people than him and just getting to work with him not only the broadcaster has helped me so much but I feel like I've learned a ton from him just as a person as well.
0: We'll have to say hi next time then. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. But, but don't be
2: shocked if he's if he's not uh, like Chris Airy nice on, on the yeah. other end. You get to know him and I promise uh, he will be, but it could take some time.
0: That's good. (laughs) So you mentioned all the names, Kristen Erie, Jeremiah Johnson, Mark Boyle. Um, Another, you know, big, big name in the Pacers family is Bobby Leonard, also known as Slick. Um, Unfortunately, we suffered a big loss. We lost him, you know, over the past couple of weeks. It was a couple of weeks ago. Um, You had the opportunity to work with him. I'm sure you knew him way more than Jillian and I knew him and that we'll ever get to know him. Can you kind of explain, you know, what he meant to you and what kind of impact he had on your career or as person.
2: Yeah, you know, it's it's been heartbreaking for a lot of reasons. On the other hand, too though, this guy lived to be 88 years old. He got more out of life than just about anybody, maybe anybody that I know. Um he passed in his sleep. Shouldn't we all be so lucky? And so, um you know, we have kind of gone back and forth Mark and I about how to handle this on air because look, it's a tragic loss and there are many people missing him and this guy is Indiana Pacers basketball. This guy's probably the most important sports figure in the history of Indianapolis, the, it's it's very easy to imagine a world where the Colts aren't here, the Pacers aren't here, the NCAA isn't headquartered here uh, without Slick and Nancy Leonard. And so it's been obviously it's been it's been very saddening to lose him. And I, I always have felt especially lately, I felt, to be completely honest, a little bit awkward talking about it because I did get to know him for seven years. It's, it's one of the um, great fortunes that I've had in my career and personal life to get to know Slick Leonard a little bit. Um, and I, I, I think back to about a year ago when we were donating money um, as a broadcast group for um, nurses and doctors right when the pandemic started. We all decided to kind of collect some money and Slick and Nancy wanted to be a part of it. And, uh, you know, you can forgive them if they don't have Venmo or Chase Quick Pay. Right. So they invite me over. They say, hey, come over, come pick up the check. I was in charge of, of rounding out all the money. And, you know, I'll just tell you, this is not my first experience with Slate, but I got to sit down with him for about an hour and chat basketball. And it just kind of hit me afterward. Like this guy at the time was 87 he's accomplished more in basketball he's a better basketball mind than almost anybody and here i am as some 29 year old who's only been working with him for five six years like assuredly he didn't really care all that much what i had to think right but he did and that's just the kind of guy that he was and if there's any takeaway from slick leonard to me Uh, Look, his legacy is going to be him and Nancy saving the Pacers. It's going to be those ABA championships. It's going to be as a broadcaster. It's going to be uh, in a very simple form, boom, baby, Um, but in so many ways, I think he his legacy is going to be, by those who got to interact with him ever, um, just how impactful he was. The guy had just an uncanny ability of making you feel like you were the only person in the room, whether um, you were the janitor in one of the back hallways where he used to sneak out for a smoke break, um, whether you're a 24-year-old kid joining the broadcast team, he's 82, I'm 24, we're worlds apart. And, and many people in that position like him would have been like, you know what? I don't need to welcome any more people right. in, uh, to my circle. Not only was that not the case, but uh, you know, just a, a few months in and you would have thought that we knew each other for years and that's no credit to me. It's it's all the credit to him. So it's, it's, it's been sad. You know, um, we, we've known this day was coming, but what's so challenging about it is you can kind of mentally prepare for it, but it's really hard to envision it when it actually happens. And, um, you know, those moments, that kind of week is, is still kind of a blur. Like, I don't really remember everything. I just remember when I heard the news, my first thought was initially sadness, but I immediately went into, we had a game that night, um, and I wanted to make sure we did him service on our pregame show, which we immediately pivoted to make all about Slick, and we were able to get Steve Simon and Bill Benner to call in, and Mark Boyle had a very touching tribute as well. We rounded out some – uh, the more lighthearted moments we had with Slick on the broadcast and, and I like to think um, hopefully, you know, we did a, a good job with with that and something that he would have been proud of but yeah it, it's still a little bit surreal it's hard to believe like as as we go into these segments he joins us every pregame halftime and post game right. in the COVID era he's not been coming in with us since COVID started. And it's still hard to believe like these segments that we had every single game he's not there for. Although I will say I think it's very fitting the one of the very last things that he did before passing was he joined us on our broadcast on Sunday and he passed on Tuesday morning really early Tuesday morning and so how fitting that a guy that meant so much to basketball and basketball meant so much to him got to call his shot. Um, and was on air with us less than forty-eight hours before he passed. To me, that's 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 wow. just kind of a, a little almost eerie to think about, but really, fitting. yeah,
1: it, it is. It's fitting, and it just speaks to the passion he had for the game and for and for the city, and just what an incredible man. Thank you for taking the time to talk to us about him, and just it really just brings a smile to our faces just hearing about these stories that show how incredible he really was and the legacy now that he's had for, you know, gosh, eight decades. So thank you, Pat. And, you know, it made me think when you talked about him inviting you into into his home and all the amazing mentors you have. Obviously, he must have seen something in you. And I'm sure all the guys you mentioned have seen that as well. We've heard such wonderful things about you and your work ethic, and so I want to take it back. Let's talk about your time in North Dakota and, as you mentioned, how cold it was. Not only that, but just what it's taken now to get to where you are today. Take us through that process.
2: You know, I think, uh, as a lot of people, I'm sure you guys might have similar paths. I've kind of known I've wanted to do something like this for a long time. I went to school for it at Ball State, and the first job that was uh, that I really strongly considered was the job in North Dakota. I wanted to be a little bit selective. And it's hard in this industry because there's kind of a natural path. And, and Jillian, you know this well. There's kind of a natural path for those that want to be in news or in as a sports reporter to, mm-hmm. I'm going to go uh, into market X 125 or whatever it is. And then I'm <laughs> going to try to get to market 75. And then oh, I'm going yeah. to market 40. And then I'm going to try to get to market 25, which is Indianapolis there's really not that beaten path for play-by-play broadcasting. And so I wanted to find, you know, I, I could have jumped to a, a news station. that just wasn't really my passion. I wanted to find a place where I could call games. And it's so difficult. It's that, it's that, honestly, it's this horrible catch-22 of, if you want to do TV play-by-play, you have to have the reps to get a chance to do it. But how do you get the reps? Right.
1: Yeah. How do you months. get them?
2: Yeah. Right. Been <laughs> there. Yes. It, trust it's me. So, it's so challenging. And so that was what really enticed me to that job. And Bismarck was, it was this cable station out there that just did high school and college sports in the area all throughout the state. Um, you know, it was oftentimes, like, I'm not joking. They have nine men football there. So the really small schools, they can't even field 11 players on each side of the football. Um, so they they cut it down to nine men football. I mean, you're talking about town.
1: <laughs> That's of, awesome.
2: You're talking about towns of like not even 200 people at times yeah. that we're doing games. So uh, <laughs> areas that are negative 40 degrees in February. I mean, we, I had an unbelievable amount of unique experiences that I had never had in my life. I think the only thing that I regret is just not relishing it more. And, and the toughest thing for me mentally was just, I was worried about ending up there for four or five years and not being able to make that next step. And I think in hindsight, had I known I was only going to be there for a year, I would have absolutely loved it. And there was, Um, you know, I've never been somebody that said I have to work in Indianapolis. So as somebody that's from the suburbs and went to school only an hour away, it was really good for me, um, you know, to get away from everything I knew and to kind of, you know, uh, to jump out of the plane with a parachute, if you will, and and learn how to fend for myself. And um, it, it was a great experience. And I was there for almost exactly a year when this job opened up. And I mean, it's just this, this industry too, is so challenging because in, in other industries, if a company loves you, they're going to find a way, you know, if you're, a, if you're in business, they're going to find a way, if you're in marketing, they're going to find a way to hire you on in this industry, somebody literally has to either be fired or leave almost all the time for yes, you that's fine. So and, and, and so Kevin Lee, who had been there for 20 years, ends up moving on when I was one year out of college. And That great fortune is something that totally out of my control, um, but you know, it, it ended up working out in my favor. And I I guess I owe Kevin as much credit, um, you know, for where I've been able to get to at this point as anybody.
1: Well, yeah, it's, it's like, they always say when your preparation meets that opportunity, that's when the magic happens, that's when you get your shot. And clearly you did a great job because you've only continued to grow within the organization.
2: And I appreciate that. And, And I was lucky too, that my boss, Jamie Burns, he's been there for a long time. He's our television director on the tv broadcast so if you're watching the game you're never going to see this guy but you see this guy's work constantly and he's also our our vp of broadcasting and frankly there were i would i would venture to guess most people that applied for that job were more experienced than i was or had a better resume but um jamie kind of has a knack for bringing along younger people too so you talk about things out of your control well it would have been a lot easier for them to hire somebody who had maybe worked for another NBA team for a handful of years or, or wasn't pro sports somewhere else. Um, but I'm, I'm lucky that he took a shot on me and I've been holding on tightly ever since.
0: <laughs> Love it. Same. So you mentioned the games, if you would maybe kind of just go through, I know you do so much at a game. I mean, your radio, your silo reporting, you know, we see you in the locker rooms after the games. Um, not obviously, you know, during COVID and everything, it's all switched around. But can you kind of just maybe take us through a normal Pacers game? Maybe what it takes for you to prepare for that game?
2: Well, I'll give you the pre-COVID world version of it and hopefully the post-COVID world version of it. Because A lot of this has changed. But as you noted, I do the radio pregame show. So I like to think about if, if those watching, listening, know who Jeremiah Johnson is and what he does, but maybe aren't as familiar with us on the radio side, JJ and I basically run parallel lives for most of our TV lives uh, or for most of our Pacers lives. Uh, he's just on TV and I'm doing almost all those things on radio. So where there's a 30 minute Pacers pregame show on TV there's a 30 minute Pacers pregame show on radio. Where Kristen Airy is tossing down to the sidelines with Jeremiah Johnson again in a normal year. Mark Boyle's tossing down to the sidelines with me. When the game ends and Jeremiah is on the court talking to uh, the player of the game, I'm on the court talking to the second player of the game. He gets first choice. I get second choice. Um, And then, and so really it's, it's very similar. Um, One of the big differences is TV takes a lot more people to put together than radio. So uh, I bet a TV crew is uh, 10 times as big as our radio crew, at least maybe even 11 or 12 times as big. So Jeremiah has a producer who helps him put the show together, cut sound, cut all this different stuff. Uh, I don't have that on radio. So I'm kind of like the producer as well i don't say that to complain because it's a lot easier to produce a radio show than a tv show it's just a little bit of different worlds but my job really a lot of what i'm doing on a game day is getting ready is getting that pre-game show ready cutting sound you know going through the outline writing scripts stuff like that um and then also coming up with it's sort of like cramming for a test we play so many games and you have to follow the nba pretty closely anyway but you're sort of cramming for a test with the opponent you're playing each night. So um, when we take on the Portland trailblazers, look, I can tell you already everything about Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum and and those guys, but it's finding all the different storylines that might make good sideline hits. You don't know what's going to make a good sideline hit, but that's what we love about sports is, We don't know what's gonna happen. So you just prepare yourself as best you can. And then you go with the flow of the game and try to tell the most interesting story in the moment. And one of the hardest things for JJ and I to not be able to do in this COVID era um, is, is we get to typically stand behind the huddles Listen in. It's kind of our job to filter what's okay to talk about and what's not okay to talk about on air, and then report that back. And so that's a huge chunk of what we normally get to do that we can't do right now. So it makes it a lot harder. And Jeremiah now does his job from the Fox off desk, so he actually never gets to watch them in person. I'm up in the club level with Mark, um, with where Mark is with the radio booth anyway. So okay. I get to watch the game. But one of the biggest perks of my job is I normally get to sit. Uh, courtside at the scores bench and so like from me to this computer is like the distance to the courts. and now (laughs) I, I promise I'm not complaining but I really miss getting that access we're up kind of in the mid midsection and there are things that I could listen to pick up on that I just can't Um, In COVID. So really the only difference between our jobs besides the different mediums is after the game ends, I take off the radio headset, if you will, I put on the TV microphone, and in a normal world, I'm going into the locker room and Jeremiah is actually then I join his coverage so he will toss it to me in the locker room. I'm interviewing the players, I toss it back up to him, and we still do something similar to that now. It's just instead I go down to our studio and just like I'm talking to you guys, I flip the computer up and we get one one one-on-one and then a couple of like press conference feeds. So I'll still get my one-on-one, but you certainly miss something by not getting to go in the locker room.
0: That's really interesting though. Cause I've always wondered that. And like, I'm watching the games and it's Bally's now right on the network um, to where, you know, you are where you were when it was Fox um, pre COVID in the locker rooms and all that. And this is what Jillian and I were talking about. I'm like, I wonder if Pat, you know, creates his own questions, creates his own content. So you kind of answer that obviously, but I mean, that's definitely interesting to me and somebody, and I'm sure it is to Jillian that's in the business, you know, and around everything. So that's cool.
1: Yeah. A lot of moving parts and you've had all these incredible experiences Is there anything that stands out to you, you know, throughout these past seven seasons or just a moment that you, you get excited when you think about it?
2: Well, as a Hoosier growing up and as a Pacers fan growing up, there's nothing quite like getting to go uh, and sit courtside for a playoff game with the gold t-shirts around the whole building, the sold out environment. um, It's so loud in there. And I think I know you guys can appreciate this, but, one thing that I think a lot of people don't really realize is exactly how loud that building gets because if you're sitting in the mid-level like you're only hearing the people behind you um, and so everybody in front of you you're not hearing as well I mean it gets so deafeningly loud down on court side which that's what I miss so much about COVID I would be I would gladly give up my seat down there if we could have a packed building if uh, you know if the if, if this pandemic were to go away and I hope we get that in future years but that's always kind of a pinch me moment I'm not sure necessarily one play or or one game sticks out i think as much as anything it's just the relationships um, that i get to be a part of i you know like i said i grew up listening to mark and chris has been my mentor forever and just to get to work with those two is um it's so special to me and um you know just to again pre covid have the opportunity to interact with the players uh, day in day out it's something that seven, eight, nine-year-old me would have dreamed of. And trust me, it's it's still a dream come true at 30.
0: <laughs> Pre-COVID, did you guys get to go to the practices and really join in and all that stuff too, so that you're really learning the team?
2: Yeah. And that was another aspect that we don't get to do now is typically, um, as employees, we were allowed to go in for a little bit of the ending portion of practice and the media gets to go in as well. And that's what where we get so much of our information and our tidbits and it it might not be the sound bite that we get there but it's something that we observe that we can then pass along there as well so all of that you know it's it's that classic saying you don't really know what you got till it's gone and i don't mean to suggest that we took anything for granted or anything lightly because there are other teams that don't get that access anyway like there are a lot of teams where their sideline guys can't stand behind the huddle there are a lot of teams that are paranoid and don't let anybody in for practice so we we are far from Um, you know the only ones experiencing this but um, you just miss that day-to-day interaction and the ability to be close in proximity if nothing else with the players and the team it just allows us to tell the story so much better and that's something we're still kind of challenging through and 10 plus games remaining in this season hopefully a playoff run and then hopefully a lot of these things we're talking about, all these adjustments, we're never talking about again.
0: Right, returns to quote unquote normal. Yeah. So, and I've always wondered this too, and you kind of mentioned it, but stats and you know you create your own content, but like just sometimes I'm listening to you and you're just rattling off stats, and it's like, is that? I know we have a stats crew at the Pacers, but where are you getting that information from? Is somebody feeding you that like right then and there, or is it stuff goes back to the preparation for the game or?
2: It really does go back to the preparation. We get access to so many numbers and so many statistics, and we have a live, basically, a computer monitor that updates the stats as you go. And I'm a numbers guy, but what I try to do is I try to make sure these stats tell a story. So if I if I were to tell you right now, Jeremy Lamb is scoring 11 points per game in his last seven games, the average person goes, okay, and, you know, like that, that's not really that interesting. But if, if I can tell you, Jeremy Lamb's averaging 20 points per game over his last five. That's double what he's averaging on the season. That connects. That makes sense. Um, If the Pacers – if I tell you the Pacers are scoring 109 points per game this season, okay, and, you know, what does that mean? Well, if I can tell you the Pacers are scoring – 126 points per game over the last two weeks, and that's more than any team in the NBA. Okay, that clicks and that registers. So for me, I'm somebody that I'm a numbers junkie, but I try to only use it in context and I try to only use them when they can tell a story because the average, I would say 95% of people watching the game are not avid sports junkies or listening to the game are not avid sports junkies that just want to get stats fed down their throats they they want to they want to watch the game they want to listen to the game they want to enjoy it and if something's interesting is happening and we can tell that from a statistical perspective yeah that's what I love to do but as much as anything there's kind of a balance of we get a hundred statistics but maybe only two or three make error and we need to figure out which ones of those tell that that story
0: that's well said. Cause I know, like I said, there's times where I'm watching the game and I'm like, how the hell did he know that? <laughs> like, where did right? that come from? Like, I, I, oh, I'm yeah. almost not interested in the stat, but I'm more interested on in, like, Pat, where did you get this? Like, I'm, <laughs> like, I'm thinking in that way. Like, so
1: It's I'm impressive like, to us because Kurt and I are part of that 95% that doesn't know the stats. So whenever we see you guys do your thing, we're like, that's impressive. Nice.
2: Well, it's it's a lot of, like Kurt said, it's a lot of prep work that goes into it. And ultimately, like if you're listening to our broadcast and you're getting um, inundated with numbers, then we're not doing the right thing. Those numbers serve a very important purpose but you have to be careful because they can become overboard really quickly.
0: Right. And it's not like you guys rattle them off all the time, but just me being interested in all of this, it's like, I hear that. And I'm like, man, that's crazy to me. So I like how you broke it down. I really do.
1: Well, I know we just have a couple minutes left, Pat. We could talk to you all night because there's so much that we, are just fascinated by when it comes to your work and your background, but we'll wrap this up on just a light note, something we like to do. Some rapid fire questions. If you're game for it,
2: I'm game. All right,
1: let's do it. Okay. (laughs) So we've got your favorites first. So just list the first thing that comes to your head. First question, favorite food
0: steak, favorite hobby, probably running, running. Okay. That's
1: a good one. And how about this one? Your favorite place to travel.
2: See, I almost picked travel for my hobby because I love to travel and it doesn't really feel like much of a hobby lately. So that's why I didn't pick it because we can't do it.
1: True, um, yes.
2: I you know, I try to do at least one overseas trip and I've been trying to do that for the last uh, as many years as I can remember. But the coolest one I probably have done was Australia and New Zealand. Um, New Zealand looks like a place that doesn't belong on this planet. It is so cool, it is beautiful, it is gorgeous. So uh, if I had a big one, I would pick New Zealand.
0: Perfect, so moving forward, this or that, cats or dogs? I'm a dog guy for sure. We, we had a feeling underobic. you might say
1: that. Yeah. It's possible she's in the shot. She's
2: been roaming around. So yeah, anyway. she was in
0: the chair <laughs> or somewhere over there before. Yeah.
1: So cute. Love it. All right. Next question. Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram?
2: I'm a Twitter guy. I know many people are Instagram people, but Twitter works so well for what we do. It's so good. Yeah. Twitter's easily the best medium for uh, live following a game. So for me, it's definitely Twitter.
0: All right. Night in or night out? Uh,
2: I think I would have said night out every year for the past like 12 years, but I guess I'm finally getting old. (laughs) Maybe turning 30 does that to you. It does. I'm officially (laughs) transitioning to night in.
1: (laughs) Yep. We go through that. We were just talking about that in our last episode about like, the hangovers are real now and yeah. things are just different. They're just yeah. different now. So, yep. And with the season
2: it. this compacts, like I never go out the night before a game because I need to be on my game the next day. So, there really aren't many opportunities because we're going every other night, anybody. So, yes. that's a good
1: point. I would totally relate to that. And our last question for this or that since you do so much, radio or TV?
2: Uh, and this is probably the toughest one to pick. Um, you know, I think ultimately, if you were to ask me where, what my dream job would be if I could just attain anything, it would be to be Chris and Airy one day. So, like my ultimate dream <laughs> job is to be Chris. Now, let, now let me get this straight. I, I want Chris to have a long and fulfilling career and call his shot whenever. And eventually, one day, I would love to get to that level because I'm you know nowhere near that right now. But um, I also grew up with such a fondness for radio, and radio is what really fueled my passion for this industry. So. I guess I'd pick radio, but they it, it feels like asking between picking like two kids or something. Like I can give you <laughs> why sometimes I love this one more and I can give you why sometimes I love this one more, but you can't really ask me to pick between the two. We thought it would be difficult, I but it's fun to ask. And yeah. now
1: that we know about the cassettes tape story with you listening to that tape when you were a kid, I mean, that's adorable. Like. Full circle moment. So thank cool. you. It also
2: dates me the fact that I know what cassette tapes are. So oh, us too, for sure. Yeah, we're older <laughs> than you. So I think. <laughs>
1: I remember when they get all tangled, you use the pencil. Oh, yeah. yeah, all that. You had to stuff. like
2: yep. fit your fingernail into that little thing, or I think they actually had a tool, but I, I never had the tool. I would just kind of like try to. Yeah, just. Try.
0: In mm-hmm. You could put scotch tape over them too, on a certain hole, and record over the top of them. Also, I remember oh, doing that. Radio? Yeah, there was a way to do that too, where I I'd always like. Yeah, on the radio, <laughs> you could take an old one, put scotch tape over a certain portion of it, and record whatever you wanted to record. Oh my gosh!
2: So, you yeah. like yeah. watching this, going, what are <laughs> all these crazy <laughs>
1: (laughs) people talking about (laughs) i was just gonna say there's a gen z person listening saying i'm turning this off right now." yeah
0: right now Um,
1: oh pat you're awesome i know you got to get going so that's why we really appreciate your time so much Yeah,
0: thank you so much hey uh
2: likewise with the admiration you both do terrific work and i actually have mc'd from time to time i think kurt has done it at ball state as well and i will tell you That is not an easy job. Like That's not immediately something that even with what we do, uh, stepping into that job, I was like, whoa, this is a different world. There was a little bit of a learning curve. So I definitely have an appreciation for what you guys do, because it's a lot tougher than it looks. And here's the thing. If you mess up on radio or TV, it's not a good thing. Don't get me wrong. But you don't have to immediately look at the people that you're messing up. (laughs) If you two mess up, you have eight, well, in a normal world, you have 18,000 people there going what or doing you or
0: doing what right (laughs)
1: depending on the
2: circumstances (laughs) at least
1: yeah when you can see (laughs) the disappointment on their face like what are they talking about yeah no you're right I like that I appreciate it Pat thank you yeah thank you so much (laughs) of
2: course I appreciate you uh, having me on and we'll look forward to watching each other's work from afar and I hope next year uh, once we get into October and November uh, perhaps we can take round two of this in person
1: Yes, I would love that. That would be amazing. That's it for this episode of the Believe in Pacers podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in.
0: And make sure you guys spread the word a little bit for us and rate and subscribe the Believe in Pacers podcast.
1: You can get this podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts at, whether it's Apple Music, Tidal Music, Google, all things that got podcasts, we are located there. See you on the next episode.